When it comes to monetizing a podcast, there's never a perfect path, and there's always a lot of twists and turns along the way. I'm in a position where I get to see some of the biggest wins, but also some of the biggest mistakes that podcasters make. So that's what I'm sharing with you today. So the real question is this, how can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler, And for those of you that are joining us for the first time, thank you for taking a chance on joining a show about monetizing your podcast. And for those of you that have been here forever, thank you for coming back. In case you may not be familiar with me, my name is Christy Hostler, and I am the founder and CEO of Team Podcast, which is a full service podcast production company. And I have just the last three years been bitten by the marketing bug to help podcasters everywhere monetize after a kind of a punch in the gut situation with a client that came up where they ended up leaving their podcast because they didn't make any money. And I ended up finding out that I had made more money on their podcast than they ever did. And that felt really, really yucky to me. But podcasting has changed my life. I've made over a million dollars from podcasting. I live on an island. I have time freedom and lifestyle freedom, and sometimes I even go fishing before work. So I want other people to have that. And I think even after COVID, so many people realize how our lives and our time and our schedules and even our families have just gotten crowded out with so many things. And I firmly believe that podcasting is a way that you can gain lifestyle and financial freedom. So I'm here to help you on that journey. And I see so many attempts at monetization. Um, I can't even count like all the ways that you could monetize a podcast. And some of the gurus will tell you, well, there's only three ways to monetize a podcast. You can monetize through sponsorships, you can monetize through affiliates, and you can monetize through your own products and services. Boom, there you go. Thank you very much. There's three ways to monetize a podcast. Now you know them all. Go on your way and monetize. But the reality is it's a lot more complicated than that. And even as podcasters, we struggle so often with our own internal fears and the belief system that we have in our in our psyche that we, you know, feel like we're imposing on our audience if we try to sell them something. We don't want our audience to hate us and go away. We for some reason don't want to put ourselves out because if you put yourself out, you risk rejection. And you know what rejection feels like? It feels really, really bad. And so we do everything we can to avoid it. Now, if you're like me, when I started a podcast, I was one of those. I'm an extreme, extreme introvert. And those of you who know me in person and know how I can talk your ears off might not really realize the true nature of my introversion. <laughs> but through COVID, I think I realized that, you know, I could stay in quarantine all the time and be perfectly fine with it. So I do not get my energy from social interactions and talking to other people. So some of you do, and that's fine, too. But a lot of podcasters are in the same situation I was. And I started my podcast and I just kind of wanted to be this anonymous person putting out great content and people would come and they would love the content enough 
And if I could just get on iTunes, new and noteworthy, back when I started back in the day, that was a big thing where you could almost always get your show in the new and noteworthy charts for at least a few weeks out of your eight-week initiation period or whatever iTunes had at that time. So we do that and we get to a point where we put out content, we put out content, we put out content. We hope that people will be able to come and listen so that we can get enough downloads so that maybe we can get a sponsor and maybe we can monetize. But we really are not looking to be some sort of a celebrity. We're not looking to be famous. We just want to sort of live our lives in complete freedom, in freedom of time and freedom of finances and all that kind of stuff. And I thought I could do that with my podcast. And and you can, you absolutely can. But it requires a little bit more than that if you're going to monetize. And monetizing is not as easy as saying, pick one of the three ways to monetize and go monetize. There's a lot of nuance to each one of those. There's a lot of ways to do affiliate marketing. There's a ton of ways to do your own products and services. And there's even a lot of different ways to get sponsors. So each one of those in and of itself has nuances. And what I'm going to talk to you about today is the what I feel like are the three biggest mistakes that I see whenever people start trying to monetize a podcast. I think, especially if I look at the Facebook groups, uh, the, the number one thing that people have in their minds when they start a show is like, how many downloads do I need before I can start making money from this content? Like you feel like your content alone or your platform that you're building alone is worth somebody paying to put an advertisement on for their products and services. And what actually, like what you actually have to realize is it's not your content that people feel like is good enough. It's your platform. So if you have a platform where you're getting, you know, 10,000 people a month downloading your show, then there might be, depending on your niche and how big 10,000 is of that niche, there might be people that are willing to pay you to be advertising on your show. However, for most people, It's kind of like this. The comparison I use is when I see a bunch of little kids playing basketball out on a basketball court and they have NBA dreams one day and they want to play professional basketball or baseball, whatever the sport is, they want to be a professional. Like, I don't want to immediately say, well, you know, only 0.0001% of the population is a professional athlete and you're probably statistically not going to make it. So why even try? You don't want to squish people's dreams, but realistically, getting a sponsor for your show that actually makes you feel like you're being fairly compensated for it is very, very difficult. And so I think the number one mistake people think or people go into podcasting with is thinking that it'll be easier than it is to get a sponsor. And I don't know if this is a common thing, but I think even when I started, I can remember like... And it, I see it again with a ton of clients. It's if you launch a podcast and you put it out there and then you sort of hold your hand over your eyes and you sort of crack some of your fingers and take a look at that download screen at your podcast host, you don't really know what to expect. Like if eight people listen to your show, is that good? Or if 80 listened, is that good? Or if 800 listened, is that good? You know, it's, it's again, it's all relative. Your niche, how big your niche is, how interested people are in that topic, what kind of following you have otherwise on social media or in your other business platforms has a lot to do with how many downloads you'll get. So people don't really know what to expect, but you just hear things like, you know, there's 
you know, 42 million people in the United States that are listening to podcasts every day and they consume three hours or 3.2 hours of content or whatever those statistics are. And you think, well, there's enough of the slice of a pie that surely I could get 10,000 people to listen to my show. And what you realize is it's actually a lot harder than that. You know, if you get 100 people to listen to your show the first week, you're probably doing really well. In fact, you're probably doing better than the majority of people that have launched a show. But the problem is you have to get tens, not just 10,000 people to listen to your show within a 30-day period. You have to get tens of thousands of people listening to your show. So think about it like this. Whenever people seem disappointed with their stats in their podcast and they say, Christy, I only had 25 downloads this first week of my show. I always go back to them and I say, let me ask you this. If I invited you to speak at a local event and you showed up and 25 people were sitting in the room to hear you speak, would you be okay with that? And they're like, well, yeah, I guess actually I would. Okay, there you go. Now, there are people that get three and four and five and 700 downloads a month that are just very dissatisfied with their download numbers. And if you think about it, like most preachers that speak for a living every Sunday morning would love to have three or four or 700 people show up every week to hear them speak. But it doesn't really happen that often. So you have to give it some perspective, but understand that to get sponsors in a traditional way, you have to have tens of thousands of downloads. And even then, a traditional advertiser is only going to want to pay you about 25 or $30 per thousand listeners. So that's not a lot, right? That's what is that like three cents a listener or something like that? I mean, it's it's not even that. It's a ridiculous, forget doing my math on it in my head, but it's a ridiculous, like it's fractions of a penny per listener. So if you're starting a podcast holding out for sponsors and you try to go the traditional route, you've got to hit a high threshold before you can even make that happen. So there's a long time that it takes to build up to that point before you can even begin talking to sponsors. And if you try to go the non-traditional route, you can do that and you might be able to make more money with less downloads, but those sponsorships are harder to come by. You've got to really sell a company on podcast sponsorship and really build a relationship with them. And then you've also got to be in constant sales mode because getting non-traditional sponsorships from companies is something that no agency will do for you. You have to do that for yourself or you have to build a team out that will do that for you. So understand the road to sponsorship. I compare it to, you know, the kids playing basketball in the, you know, the neighborhood's cul-de-sac or whatever, and there might be 10 kids playing basketball and none of them will make it to the NBA or make it to the professional level. Now, some people might get to college on a scholarship or whatever, but very few of them will get to the NBA. Same thing with a podcast. There's very few podcasts that actually reach the level for sponsorship. So mistake number one, holding out as the way or the path to monetization, mainly being from sponsors, because that is the same thing as hoping your kid will end up being a professional athlete and getting the multi-million dollar per year contract. It's probably not going to happen. The Joe Rogans and the Oprah Winfrey's and people like that that can make literally 50, 60, 70, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars per show per advertiser, 
you know, that doesn't come along every day. And so you have to temper your expectations because it's not going to happen like that for you. So the second mistake that I see podcasters make is thinking that you'll start your show now and you'll kind of get it up and running and to get your content going and you'll begin putting it out there. And at some point in time later, when you built a following, then you'll figure out what way you're going to monetize. In my mind, that's a mistake. Now, again, these are my opinions and there are plenty of other, I'm going to put in air quotes, podcast gurus who will tell you, you shouldn't even worry about monetizing your podcast whenever you start it. You should get out there and just worry about building. You hear it a lot of times when people have just started a show and they want to start like a Patreon or a donation site or what a lot of the people do, a cup of coffee, whatever that coffee site is, where buy me a coffee kind of thing. And they'll talk about that and say, is it too early? I'm on my third episode. And some of the, you know, prolific people that like to, the gurus that like to hear themselves talk will put in comments in the Facebook groups like, you know, stop asking for donations. You haven't even built your audience. Put in the work, build your audience, and then worry about monetizing. Well, I say that doesn't make any sense. And I'm not saying you should beg for donations right away. I mean, it's not like it's completely okay to just start being a a listener-supported podcast. I mean, there's trade-offs for doing that. But one of the things that I think if you'll think about and transition this to any other part of our lives, like would you ever start a business without really knowing how you were going to earn money from it? Like, would you ever take a job with a company? Let's just say a company called you up and they're like, hey, we'd like to pay you a hundred grand a year. We only want you to work three days a week, but we want to pay you full time. And, you know, they give you an offer that's too good to be true. And then you begin looking and the business hasn't really decided how they're going to monetize yet, or maybe even better yet. They're one of these businesses that have gone and gotten a seed round of venture capital. There was uh, like, let's just say in the podcast world, SoundCloud is one. I think they've gotten through their fourth round of seed funding and they've burned through all of it and still aren't profitable. And so all of those people that rode the thought they were riding the tech bubble of, you know, working at SoundCloud and, you know, it's like the equivalent of a Google or whatever, where they would, you know, build out these elaborate, co- you know, working spaces and they would have ping pong tables and napping pods and, you know, all these things. But at the core of their business, they don't have a model that makes money. Like you would probably not move your family across the country to work in a situation like that, knowing that at any given time, once that seed runs out and that funding is gone, the company either goes belly up or it gets acquired, but it's probably not going to get acquired because it's been so bad at making money so far. And then the other option is it closes down and everybody's without a job. So you end up, even though you thought you were getting ahead, you end up further behind. You would never open a business without understanding what you were going to sell and how you were going to make money from it. So this whole thing of like start and grow your audience and then you earn the right to determine how to monetize, in my mind, is not coming from people that have any business sense. In my mind, if you don't know how you're going to monetize a podcast, unless you're not trying to make money from it, you're just trying to do it as a public service, or you're just trying to do it as a volunteer or a mission-based you know, effort, then you probably shouldn't start a podcast until you know how you're going to monetize it. And then you know what mechanisms to push at what point in time, and you know exactly the path to get to monetization. But many times we think 
that at some point in time down the road, however long that is, whether it's six months, whether it's a year, and I've even, I'll be honest, I've had a few clients come to me before and they're like, all right, Christy, I've been doing the podcast production on my show myself for the first six months and I haven't been able to monetize my show because I'm too busy doing the production. So now I am going to pay you to do the production and I'm giving myself 90 days to monetize my podcast. And if I can't do it in 90 days, then I don't know what's going to happen. Now, that's not a great situation to be in. It's kind of like, you know, hey, Christie's the last chance saloon or whatever, and we're the last resort before you pack in your podcast. But my question is, like, okay, and I even tell people this whenever I take over their production. I'm like, I need you to figure out right away what your revenue generating activities are going to be that you are going to replace the tactical things that you were doing that you're now passing off to me. I need to know what you're going to be replacing those with. Because honestly, if you don't have a plan and you don't have very specific things that you're doing to monetize, you're probably still going to be just as lost as you used to be whenever you were doing the show yourself. But here's the problem. Now you can't just avoid the revenue generating activities because you have to get the tactical things done. Right. So that task avoidance that you were able to hide behind, I've got to produce my show, isn't a valid excuse anymore. Plus, you're paying money to get your podcast produced. So you've got to do something to produce some results. So now it gets serious, but you still spin your wheels. I don't know if you've ever watched those. Um, There's several shows on TV that are sort of the entrepreneurial nature. And one of them, it has basically where people have a passion or whatever. Maybe they make chocolates or they're like make a, they have a special barbecue sauce or whatever and they want to make it their full-time job so they want to have this passion that turns into like a big thing but they can't do it because they work a full-time job to pay the bills and this one show I can't even remember the name of it it was like a maybe a five or six episode season on one of the the networks and it followed these people that quit their jobs and spent a bunch of money in order to try to get their product off the ground and launched. And these founders, I put that in quotes, these founders were just lost. I mean, they had gotten so used to the routine of their jobs and when they could actually work and what they could do. But the problem is when they were working, they were working on the tactical, not the strategic. And they had no idea how to take on the strategic role that they should be taking. All they could do, they had been so busy working in their business that the only thing they knew to do for their business was work in their business. And so they really struggled and they would find themselves wasting 8, 10, 12 hours a day getting virtually nothing done and then wondering why their runway to monetize or their runway to launch their product and make their product profitable was getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And so in my mind, and I've done this a few times, If people come to me wanting to launch a podcast and ultimately their goal is to use it as a revenue stream for their business or whatever else, if they don't have all of the mechanisms in place to sort of begin it from a paradigm of monetization, then I make them go get that in line before they come back and are ready to launch a podcast. Like in my mind, if you don't have a lead magnet ready to capture email addresses, then don't launch a podcast yet. Wait till you have that in your bevy of tools that you can pull out and then launch your podcast so that you can then drive traffic to your lead magnet. 
And then once you get traffic coming in on your lead magnet, you've got to have email sequences and nurture sequences and things like that that you can then put in place and implement. But the purpose of those is to get people ultimately to buy something. And it doesn't have to be your product. Like I mentioned before, affiliates are a viable option for monetizing. But I'm just saying that it's kind of the whole, if you build it, they will come fallacy of thinking. It's a myth that doesn't really work. It's only a good line in a movie. So just because you build a podcast, it doesn't mean that at some point in time you'll monetize. And I would also be, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. (laughs) We're getting into conference season. And a lot of times I struggle with conferences um, in a lot of ways because a lot of times I see my clients or people who I have access to their stats and that sort of thing because I work on their show. I see them speaking on things at conferences that they really don't have the authority or credibility to speak on because, like, they're not doing it themselves. I mean, everything takes time to develop and that sort of thing. But, I mean, just because somebody has a show that's been going on for three years now doesn't mean that their show has been successful. Now, they might have been successful as far as still being out there and still being in production, but what goals has it accomplished? Has it accomplished the goals that you set out? And if it hasn't been monetized, and it's probably not going to be sustainable for much longer if it's not monetized. So you have to monetize to an order sustainability and longevity of a show. And, you know, that's a lot of times where I struggle when I see people speaking on things at podcast conferences and conventions and other things that it's like you... I've seen your stats. I've seen your numbers. I've seen the fact that your podcast generates zero dollars and is just a cost for you every single month. And yet you're going to coach somebody on how to build a successful podcast. Oh, it bothers me. But I'm also I'm also living proof that you don't have to have tens of thousands of downloads a month to generate thousands of dollars of revenue from your podcast. My podcast doesn't get tens of thousands of downloads. There's not tens of thousands of podcasters that are interested in monetization enough to do the work to monetize. So I have a very small group of people that listen to my show, but after listening for a long enough time, many of them become clients and I can honestly tag back thousands of dollars of revenue every single month to people that listen and found me through the podcast. So, and that's very important to realize that if I wasn't putting myself out there and I wasn't creating a podcast and wasn't setting up methods for monetization, then I wouldn't, like people wouldn't know they could reach out to me and become a client or reach out and work with me on a coaching basis or anything like that. So it's very important for your podcast listeners to know who you serve and how you serve them. So don't think that if you build it, they will come and suddenly someone will throw you money. Don't think that six months down the road after you started your podcast, poured your heart and soul into it, picked your ego up off the floor more times than you can count, that suddenly someone's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, let me give you a bunch of money. I'd like your show. That's not the way it works. That's not how any of this works. So the first mistake was holding out to get sponsors for your show. The second mistake is thinking that you can start a show now and then sometime later down the road, you'll work out monetization. I've even had people that are clients before and they get to a point where the general progression is they start out with a weekly show and that becomes too much for them. And then they go to biweekly or when I say biweekly, I mean every other week. So two shows a month and then that becomes too much for them. And then they get to a point maybe where they run out of money and they're like, ah, Christy, I'm just going to have to take back over the production of, of my show. 
And I'm like, that's great. But here's the thing. If you haven't been able to monetize your show while you haven't been responsible for the production of it, then you probably are not going to be able to monetize your show when you're taking back over the production of it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't even produce my own show. Like, I record it, and then I send it off to my team, and my team does everything else for it. You know why? Because it's not the best use of my time to edit a podcast. Do I edit podcasts? Yeah. Can I edit podcasts? Yeah, I can. But the editing I do is at such a different level than this show requires that my team is the best place for this. And I can record this show, send it off to my team, and have them take care of it while I work on revenue generating activities. Now, I've even had, I've had those people that have begun to run out of money, and I'm like, you know what? You really need to focus on monetization because if you don't, blah, 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 and we'll you know talk it out, and they'll say, Christy, I believe everything you're saying. <laughs> I do. I believe everything you're saying, but I'm just not ready yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep producing my show. And you know what? If you want to get stuck in free content creation mode, I cannot stop you. But one thing I can do is wave a red flag and say, this is sort of your point of no return. If you're going to monetize, it's time to do it now. Or sometimes I have those conversations when people come to me to do production for their show. Because I'm taking something that takes hours of their time off their plate, and I really want them to have a tight plan for what they're going to do to monetize it, you know? And while that's not necessarily always what they're paying me for, I don't hesitate to chime in and talk to them about that. Because they need to know what they're doing, and I need to know what they're doing, because I don't want to go all in and invest in a client, set up processes and procedures and write out SOPs and do all that kind of stuff and have my team get all gung-ho about it only for them to run out of money and not need production three months later whenever they're going to pod fade and their life circumstances changed and now they're not going to have a show anymore. I want long-term client relationships and I'm so lucky that I've had clients that literally have been, I still have clients today that were my very first signups and that is just, it's amazing. So now some of them are looking at, you know, seven and eight years podcasting and we get to kind of celebrate milestones together because we've both grown our businesses at the same time. So that's mistake number two. Now, before I tell you about mistake number three, which is a big one, I want to let you know that there is a way that you can get some help with your podcast. And especially when you're looking through a frame of monetization. And I've created this little thing and it's just a, it's like I call it a tune up. You could also call it an audit, whatever you wanted to. And it's basically just where I go through and I look at what you're doing with your show. I listen to a certain amount of shows have some things that we measure it by. We're looking for certain elements of your show. We're going to look at your RSS feed and the distribution of it and trying to optimize it for keyword search in your niche. We also then go through and look at what your overall business plan is and your goal for your podcast was and give you suggestions for the first ways that you should begin monetizing your podcast. And for everyone, it's not just going to be start creating your own products. For some people, it's going to be do some other things first. And so it depends on your niche. It depends on where you are. But it's a really great tool, especially for people you're, you know, you're just not really sure where to take those first steps to getting started with monetization. And maybe you've tried two or three different things. And all you've done now is start two or three different things that you really didn't finish or anything like that. 
So that is um, an easy thing to get help with. And it's just called a simple podcast tune-up. So you can sign up for it. And I'll, uh, I have a certain number of slots because it requires my time. I can only do so many of those per month. But you can go to teampodcast.com forward slash all one word tune-up. So teampodcast.com forward slash tune-up. You can find all of the details about it there. But it's essentially where you sign up for it. You pay for it. I get some information from you. And then I we go take about two weeks to go through a deep dive on your show and come up with some recommendations. And then we schedule a phone call with you to do like an hour long consultation, present our recommendations, and then just really kind of help get you clear on your next steps that you're going to take to monetize. So teampodcast.com forward slash tune up if you want to take advantage of a podcast tune up. Now, back to mistake number three. Now, I see this happen again and again, and here's the thing. I've had this happen to myself again and again and again, and it's kind of a constant battle, but it's essentially getting overwhelmed with all of the things that you have to do to monetize like a boss, and instead you get overwhelmed and you basically get paralyzed or you do nothing or nothing gets completed except that you just get stuck creating a new podcast every week and you get stuck in free content creation mode. And this is exactly the blueprint for getting stuck in free content creation mode is getting overwhelmed. And let me just say this, that whole book, it's I think it's called Eat the Frog. It talks about, you know, how we have to essentially chunk things down and do things one point at a time. And, and I will say we all learn differently. We all execute differently. Many people, whenever they experience overwhelm, and I will say this, people that I am close to and depend heavily on, there are some of them that get completely paralyzed and they can take no action whatsoever when they are in overwhelm mode. Other people and my personality type is I want to fix it all immediately and I get frustrated if I can't take action fast enough to fix the overwhelm. So I'm all about fixing and solving problems. And that sort of thing. And I don't understand the paralysis part of this. But every personality type is different. You know you. And what I would say is get the help you need. Some of my coaching clients that I'm working with right now come to me because they've already spent six months or a year sort of spinning their wheels on monetization. And they really still haven't made any headway. And so what we have to do is we start with that biggest domino. What's that biggest thing that's going to make the difference for them right away? We knock that down and then we move on to the next one. And so when they meet with me every single week, they know like what their homework is and they know what their next task they're going to be able to do in the coming week. So it's chunk by chunk by chunk that they know they're getting the help they need because that's the only thing that will actually make them productive. I do the same thing in my business. I have two different groups. I pay literally almost $4,000 a month to get the help that I need from business mentors to keep me on the right track. You know, and I have some people that come to me for coaching because they don't want to have to pay Russell Brunson and the people that I pay to uh, get all the coaching. They just want me to sort of tell them what to do and then they'll go do it. And then they come back for the next step. And what do I do now? And they do it. So they don't want to learn. They would just rather have me tell them what they need to do. And then they go and execute. And then they come back for step, next step, and then the next step, and the next step. So there's a lot of reason that people will get help. But you know yourself what you need. 
for me, accountability is key. And if I know that I have to get on a mastermind or a coaching call and I'm in the hot seat and someone's going to be asking me, Christy, what have you gotten done this week? And I have virtually nothing to show for it. It's not going to happen. My my father laughs at me or laughs now about the way I was growing up. And my sister and I are very opposite personality wise. Like my sister was like, you know, valedictorian of her class. And she would come home on a Friday night and spend like two hours and get all of her homework done. So she would have the whole weekend to play and do whatever sports, whatever we were doing. Not me. I would come home on Friday night and I wasn't going to worry about anything to do with Monday morning school or schoolwork or anything like that until at least like nine or 10 o'clock on Sunday night. So there was always that push. And so with me, it's the same thing. If I know I have to sit on a mastermind call, I can guarantee you I blocked off some time the day before the mastermind call to make sure I'm getting my stuff done. But what's important is I'm getting it done. And if I didn't have that mastermind call, I wouldn't be productive. I didn't have that hot seat call coming up where I know I've got to give an account for myself or give a report on my goals and my updates. And you might need some help like that, too. And I'm not the only place you can get that. You can get that help wherever you need. But honestly, get the kind of help that you need, because nobody like I have never seen one person successfully build a podcast and completely monetize it all by themselves. Like normally they end up getting to a point where they have to have a team of people. And if they don't, then what happens is their runway to monetization or to financial freedom is drastically hampered. And it just takes them twice as long to do everything because they're trying to do it little by little themselves. I understand the paradigm between time and money and You know, in every situation that you have, if you can throw money at a problem and it will actually fix it, you're going to be miles ahead of everyone else that's trying to use the time solution for the problem. So the biggest mistakes that podcasters make when they are struggling and trying to monetize is number one, holding out to get sponsors. Go ahead and make a backup plan because not every kid is going to make it to pro sports, right? And your podcast is probably going to be in the majority of podcasts that are not going to make it to get sponsors. But here's the thing. If you do get sponsors and you do get enough, I have a lot of clients that get way more downloads than they need to effectively have sponsors. But even if you're getting sponsors, make that one revenue stream of your podcast, not the whole thing. Remember, I've told you before in other podcasts that I've done about what the pandemic did to those shows that were only monetized through sponsorships. What happened? They lost all their sponsors because all the businesses got crazy, pulled their ads, and so they had no revenue coming in. So make it one revenue stream, not your whole business plan. Number two, thinking that if you start a show and just start getting it out there and just start building an audience, that at some time later, you will pull the trigger on monetization. It rarely happens that way. So don't count on it because you don't really know when that time is to monetize. And so you get so stuck in the creation of your show that you never really get around to the monetization aspect. And number three, getting overwhelmed so that you're doing virtually nothing except creating free content in your podcast every single week or every other week or every month or whatever frequency you're putting out your show in. 
There's a lot to do to monetize a podcast. I mean, my gosh, there's a lot to do with building a sales funnel. There's a lot to do whenever you even talk about building out a, a email nurture sequence. There's a lot to do when you talk about building a podcast website or, you know, all these things that you need as a podcaster, like you as a podcaster touch in all of those realms. And if you think about it, all of those things that I just mentioned, like there are people who do that as their full time job. So you're trying to just do a fraction of it, just do a little bit of it, just dip your feet in enough to get what you need done. And it's no wonder you can't do it all. And it's no wonder you're overwhelmed. And then you might start making progress on one thing. And then, you know, you, you get your lead magnet done. Then you realize, OK, now I need to build my email nurture sequence. Well, why am I building email nurture sequence? I don't have anything to sell yet. And then you got to go create a product or you got to go find an affiliate or you got to go do this and you got to go do all these other things. And then you're like, OK, now I got to start collecting email opt ins. And now I got to go do all these other things. It's just it becomes overwhelming and you do nothing. So you do none of it. Eat the frog one bite at a time. And it's easier to do it when you get the help that you need. So I hope this has been helpful for you today. And I hope you've sort of um, been able to eliminate that you're not making a lot of these mistakes that what I see frequently people making when they're trying to monetize. If you need help with your podcast, and you just sort of need an audit on your show and uh, to kind of get some strategy help with next steps for monetization. I've called it a podcast tune up. It sounds a lot more friendly than an audit. An audit sounds like you've done something wrong and show me your receipts and I'm going to tell you, you know, all these bad things. But a podcast tune up is just let's tweak some things. Let's give you some advice. Let's give you some tips that can help do three things. Increase your email opt ins, increase your downloads to your show and then get you on the next steps to monetization. So if you need that, you know where that is. It is teampodcast.com forward slash all one word tune up teampodcast.com forward slash tune up. So if I can help you in any way, please reach out and let me know. And otherwise, I'll see you next week. Have a great one. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash podcast monetization secrets and click the button to join. And then I'll see you on the inside.